Greetings, salutations, and all that jazz. From sunny Orlando, Florida, the city beautiful, this is the Pack Brothers Podcast. I'm your co-host, David, and with me, as always, is my twin brother, Michael. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. All right. We're glad to have you guys here. Uh, not too long of a break from last time. As I said, I think maybe last episode, trying to record more regularly. Weekly would be ideal, but, you know, things happen, and uh, we didn't hit it last week, but hey, this is like a gift in some ways. Right. Maybe they'll just get more closely spaced together so that pretty soon we'll just constantly be doing them <laughs> live. Right. It'll be a constant stream. Maybe overlapping somehow. Yeah. Uh, so today's episode is brought to you by Coke, the fine people at Coke. Uh, I'm a member of one of their insider clubs who very hush-hush and secret. Mm. And uh, so they sent me some goodies that I'll have to report back to you on sometime, but I haven't tried them out yet. They sent me a cool uh, retro can of Coke. Uh, it's kind of, I don't know, it's got some diamonds on it and stuff. It looks kind of, I mean, not like shiny diamonds, just diamond symbols. It's that diamond pattern that you sometimes see on some of the old Coke bottles. I don't know. It may have been like that in the can as well, but that was probably way before both of our times. These uh, nifty little playing cards they sent. I really don't know how you'd play cards with them because they're like in the shape of thin Coke bottles. So it's kind of hard to hold or shuffle or anything like that. But it's, it's kind of cute. Maybe for solitaire. I don't see anybody trying to play a real card game poker or something with them. <laughs> and they also sent some uh, products that are not on shelves yet. That will be soon. Uh, a couple new flavors of Powerade Zero uh, Citrus Peach. Uh, there's also an Ultra that they sent that I think is a watermelon flavor. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure. That sounds right. And the one I'm most excited to try is Duncan Iced Coffee. I guess they have this out already, but a new flavor, Girl Scouts Iced Coffee. And it's the uh, based off of the Samoa uh, cookie. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So if you're a coffee fan, an iced coffee fan, and you're a, a Girl Scout cookie fan, this will be a uh, excellent mashup for your molars. Yeah, we'll have to try that sometime on a future episode, maybe. I know, I think it was Nesquik that came out with a couple of inspired milk flavors based off of, I think it was Thin Mint and Samoa. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. And I remember trying those. This was several years back. Well, I mean, like several, but probably five. But uh, they were good, as I recall. Yeah, they were outstanding, as I recall. All right, so what do you want to talk about first? What have we been doing the past few weeks? Just, you know, back to work. The, the holidays are over with now, um, you know, as far as the end of the year, end of the calendar year holidays, and things are getting more back to a normal work schedule. So just doing the work thing, visit Disney a little bit, watching TV. Yeah, not, not too much going on Disney news right now. I can't really tell you, like, ooh, this is breaking news. Uh, no, it's just the parks are not as crowded right now, so that's nice. And uh, the uh, Festival of the Arts, fifth anniversary is up. So it's nice to go to the different countries and try the different foods out. And I, I guess the new fountain is open in front of uh, Epcot is the, is the latest. Yeah, this, the fountain with the little columns and the big uh, spotlight shooting out of it. <laughs> A bat symbol shooting out. <laughs> it's really, you can see it from far away, so I guess that's the point. But not that you needed trouble getting around Epcot. It's the easiest park to navigate through. It's just a circle, and you can find Spaceship Earth pretty easily. Yeah, just look for the big ball. Right. Almost that everybody... bouncing ball. If it bounced, it'd be a problem. <laughs> I'd love to see that, maybe for their 100th anniversary or something. 
Uh, yeah, we went to St. Augustine uh, this past weekend. That was fun. That was. There was a lot to see there. Everything costs money. I mean, there's nothing free <laughs> as far as admission. But there was a lot of interesting museums and uh, national parks and monuments and stuff like that. It's a great tourist town, I think. Lots of good food. Yeah, certain parts of it feel like tourist trappy. Uh, but that's like every town you go into. You can find the section where they're catering to the... Uh, tourists for sure it's inevitable yeah you that stuff springs up um but we've also been watching some uh tv and some movies uh we're a big fan of uh comic book related uh entertainment and a couple items that we checked out recently we thought we'd talk about a little bit um i guess uh, this came out on christmas day uh, hbo max released uh, wonder woman 84 which is not the 84th installment of the Wonder Woman franchise. Okay. Can you imagine? It's just the sequel to Wonder Woman and happened to take place in 1984, which was an excellent year, by the way. Yeah, if you were alive during that time and <laughs> cognizant of your surroundings, um, not too young to maybe know what was going on, or if you're just aficionado of, of all things 80s, I think you know that, that was just kind of a fun year. A lot was going on that year uh, that still has, a you know, some cultural relevance, I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's that's the year Karate Kid came out, and Karate Kid is bigger than ever right now. Yes, it is, with the whole Cobra Kai nonsense. Um, but, yeah, WW84 is something that... It also came out in the theaters, but it was also free online if you had a subscription to the channel it was on. So we checked it out recently. You know, when the movie began... It was so promising to me because it had such a retro feel. It takes the it begins in a mall. What what more '80s place can you begin than in a, a shopping mall? Yes, and I really going into this, I had heard that this was maybe not going to be a great movie, and I might be putting it kindly. That's right. Might be an understatement. But I really wanted to like it. I think if we think of casting. Is it Gal Gad... How do you say her last name? Godot, Gadot, I don't know. Godot, let's say. But it's great casting. I think she's a, a great choice to play Wonder Woman. Uh, or Diana Prince, or her, you know, whatever. Um, so, so I think that works. But, like you said, it starts out... It feels... It had an 80s feel. Like If you think about the beginning of like Superman 2, or Superman 3 even, which is a very slapstick beginning of a movie this almost had the same feel to it i don't think the movie was trying to take itself too seriously here i think it was purposefully trying to evoke the feel of a superhero movie in the 80s and i you know i think that is you could lay that right at the feet of jeff johns yeah i think so his first job was being an intern to richard donner and obviously when you think of dc movies and richard donner you think of superman Yep. And Superman 2, although that, I think, if you look at the Donner cut, that was rescued from him because <laughs> it was, a, I think, a lesser version than what actually ended up on the screen. Yeah, I'd heard about the Donner cut for years and thinking, oh, if I ever get to see this, I'll finally get to see the way Superman 2 should have been. And maybe it's just because I've seen Superman 2 so many times and I enjoy it so much. When I finally saw the Donner cut, I thought, oh, no, this is not better at all. Right. Whether that was just nostalgia that was shadowing, 
my perspective or what, but uh, yeah, it was definitely rough. And it could also be just a Richard Donner thing. He's also really heavily involved with the Lethal Weapon movies, and I don't know if they're just operating on a different wavelength for me, but I have never seen the appeal of those movies. I don't get it. The whole pace feels off. The whole feel, I don't get. It's just not for me. No, not at all. Um, never was a fan. I think I saw, we saw, I know, at least Lethal Weapon. I know there's like two and three. I, I want to say we sat through two as well. Three, I don't remember. I don't think we could. I don't think we could bring ourselves to do it. It was just, it's, I don't understand it. Uh, oh, you're not giving me a chance. I don't know. Maybe I'm not, but uh, <laughs> I'm, golly, okay. I'm okay. Just not for me. But WW84, World War 84. <laughs> uh, the title's kind of weird anyway, but whatever. Um, it kind of falls apart when it comes to some of the characterization, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. I, agree. I agree. I can't take Kristen Wiig as a villain seriously. No, no. Uh, I got what they were going for there. She almost starts out the movie kind of like a Selena Kyle from Batman Returns. Yeah, just kind of this joke of a character. But as the, as the movie goes on, she becomes more and more... Uh, powerful and popular, but she loses something in the process. Really, that whole... I don't know. It's not a MacGuffin. It's just more of a... Trope? Trope, yeah. That whole Dreamstone or Wishbringer or whatever. (laughs) That was just... To me, it was a really clumsy device to move the story along. I don't know how I would have written it differently, but I feel like that was maybe not the best strategy to go with. And I, I went into this movie blind in some ways. I did not know all of who was going to be in it. So I was, like, surprised to see Maxwell Lord in the movie. Uh, I was exposed to that character in the 80s, uh, reading the Justice League comics by uh, Giffen uh, and uh, drawn by uh, Dematius. And I, I knew the character from that. So when I saw Maxwell Lord, I thought, oh, wow, he's in this movie. This is going to be interesting, but... He's a very one-dimensional character at the end of the day. Yeah, I thought, I mean, his characterization was somewhat different from what you saw in Justice League. I mean, kind of a a con artist or a huckster. I thought the casting was great. I thought the way they had Pedro Pascal dressed and wigged or whatever, he looked like Maxwell Lord. That was great. But the characterization wasn't what I wanted it to be. Uh, Just taking him out of context from what I was familiar with him in the comics, didn't work. Uh, so I just thought, you got these villains. Cheetah, you, you know, I get that, as she, as the Christian Wiggs character later becomes Cheetah. But it was just strange. Uh, the, 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 the look of her, her attitude, just warping, seemingly for no reason. I didn't understand why she was a Cheetah. I mean, why was it not something else? Maybe I was uh, on my phone during that one of the scenes that set that up in the movie, but... I remember she's like, oh, I want to be an apex predator, whatever that means. Uh, I mean, okay, I guess I know what an apex predator is, but is that a cheetah? Is that enough? I mean, was that the whole thing to tie in that she's a cheetah because she's an apex predator? Right, I guess not, so. not like a shark or whatever. Um, <laughs> I guess that would be harder to do on land than you need Aquaman to get involved, but... I, you, you have to have cheetah because that's one of the main foils of uh, Wonder Woman in the comics. But the whole look and the, the jacket and the animal print, and I don't know. I mean, the, the original costume would look rather silly, I think, on the big screen. But I don't know how you update that without it just looking like some weird clothing someone's wearing. I, I agree. Uh, how do you feel about them bringing back uh, Chris Pine the way they did? 
I think it's got really bizarre and gross implications <laughs> that, you know, he's just possessed this already living person. And Wonder Woman just only sees him, but everybody else sees this other guy just kind of running around. I just thought it was clumsy. I think it was ham-fisted just to try to bring Chris Pine back into the movie. I get it. But, I mean, comics have done weirder stuff that made less sense to bring people back, but it just seemed really out of character for Wonder Woman, to a large extent, not to care. I also can understand their desire to bring in some elements from the Wonder Woman mythos, such as the invisible plane. Uh, I think the way they did this in <laughs> this movie was so weird. All of a sudden, she's like casting a spell to uh, turn her plane invisible, essentially. I did not get that at all. Yeah, it was a funny moment, I guess, that she was trying to make a joke. Uh, but then she just really caught on really quickly. And then they drive through fireworks for about a half an hour. <laughs> That scene did seem to go on very long. They were very impressed with themselves. Whoever was pitching that scene just fell in love with it, and the editor did not do a great job of cutting that movie. Speaking of the editor, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to it now. It was a long movie. This movie's two and a half hours long. It's, uh, well, I didn't know it was two and a half. I know it's well over two hours, and yeah. I felt every second of it. Yeah, it's a very long movie. I mean, maybe part of it has credits, but still. And nitpicking... Why introduce Simon Stagg and you're not really going to use him? You're not going to introduce the concept of Metamorpho at all. Uh, and you have two villains, so it would have made sense for someone else to show up. But, eh, you know, maybe somebody could, you know, they're not really going to use the Orb of Ra instead of the uh, whatever Dreamstone or whatever that was. But you could have kind of twisted it and made it work, I think, if you squinted and just said, this is really how it happened. You yeah, made an allusion to it. Uh, you know, uh, a throwaway line even would have been just do a little bit of fan service there. Yeah, just a little bit. Well, speaking of clumsy fan service, the the end credit scene or mid credit scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was just weird. I mean, I, I well on you know Linda Carter for stepping in and doing that almost as a favor. I felt like. Yeah, I mean they had to pay homage to her eventually. I think she is the original Wonder Woman from the television series in the seventies. So. You would think that she should be in a scene, you know, that she's no Stan Lee, uh, but still. <laughs> no, that's true. But, um, but, but still, you, you almost expect her to see it. But, you know, normally when you see an in-credit scene or a, a post-credit scene, it's setting up for something big. And it just seemed like a, you know what, if you don't stick around for the credits, you really didn't miss anything. Yeah, it was kind of a throwaway. I didn't really see the point of it. No. And the other problem, two more problems. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I, I love this movie. <laughs> Um, I don't know why it had to be set in the 80s. It started off very 80s-rific and then just kind of fell apart. Like, right, it right. could have been shot at any time. Right. There was nothing really 80s-based after that. Right. And I had something else, and it slipped my mind. <laughs> it was so big, your brain couldn't... Yeah, it was such a big problem, I can't, I can't think of it now. I guess it wasn't that big of a problem. Um, I think it was probably already what you mentioned already, the time. It just seemed, it seemed to go on and on and on. Yeah, definitely, definitely a drug. Um... Now, would you recommend people see it, even with all these problems? I mean, Redbox, I guess. Oh, I mean, that's well, I really mean, the only option H- lately. If you have HBO Max, it's free, so... Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's worth what you it. pay for it. There's going to be more coming to that service. Uh, a lot of the movies that Warner Brothers was originally going to release in theaters are going to be on HBO Max. So, like... Uh, in a King- four-hour Justice League cut. 
Right. I think King Kong Godzilla comes out like in a couple of months. So that's <laughs> something. I, I, I've been disappointed by those movies enough. Yeah. I don't know that I care that much. <laughs> I care enough just to say, how bad is this going to be? Kind of hate watching something. Yeah. Like, just like this movie, I wanted it to be good, but it was disappointing. Yeah. Very, very much so. Uh, but I'd I, I still watch it because I'm a DC fan, DC Comics fan. So if they, uh, if they come out with the movie, more often than not, I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the other uh, superhero-related show out right now um, premiered on Friday, two episodes of uh, WandaVision. That's available on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, now this did not disappoint. I had no idea what to expect going into this. It's magnificently bizarre. Yeah, it is. And those are not two, like, A-list characters when you think of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Pretty much the opposite of that. They're they're kind of in the mix, but they're not... Well, they obviously aren't starring in their own movie. Right. I mean, they were introduced in, and I guess the biggest players was Age of Ultron, which is not the most popular uh, (laughs) Avengers movie by far. Right, yeah, but these the, the the show itself is really, you know, they had me when it was almost like a, a bewitched or a I dream a genie yeah. type feel. It's a very high concept uh, show. Like the first episode, uh, you can tell just by the look of the layout of the rooms that it's a very much of a Dick Van Dyke show. Well, that's syndrome. true. Yeah, and then the second episode. I mean, good heavens, they have an animated opening. Right. And, I mean, it could have been taken from uh, I Dream of Genie, but I'm pretty sure it's more of a Bewitched send-up. Uh, yeah, it felt like a Bewitched animation, but I Dream of Genie music, which maybe they were just kind of splitting the difference. But those shows were out at, you know, you know, concurrently. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they were, like, straight-up competition with each other or, you know, just... They fed off each other. I think the, the, it was like a Munster's Adam's Family deal. It's yeah. like, let's just throw them both out and see what happens. Because I don't think you have like, well, I'm going to watch this one, but not the other one. I think if you're a fan of one, more often than not, you're a fan of both. I don't think it was counter-programming. I think it was cannibalistic or you know, parasitic <laughs> or something. Right. Um, but the show is, I don't know, there is a lot going on under the surface of this show. Just by watching it, you can see... You know, on the surface level, it's just like a very interesting throwback to, you know, situation comedies of the 50s and 60s. But then there's this subtext running through it of something much more sinister and odd. Right. There are moments within each episode where things seem off yeah, and very almost un- disturbing. Yeah, unsettling in a lot of ways. Right. Where it's like they're breaking, not necessarily breaking the fourth wall, but clearly they're breaking character, whatever character they seem to be playing uh, in this whatever. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and they're, and they're dropping a multitude of hints uh, throughout these different episodes. Um, I mean, they take place in this town called what Westview, I think. I think so. And it's in black and white. The first two episodes are majority in black and white anyway. And, but every once in a while, there'll be some color in the episode. And it's almost like distracting by its presence. Right, yeah. So I don't know if that will change in future episodes. We'll probably be in color. Um, there's just so much that they haven't revealed yet. It's almost like a mystery that's going on as well. So I think there's a lot of chatter on the internet. People are discussing it, trying to solve it. I'm trying to stay away from that because I really don't want to get it spoiled. I want to see... 
what the producers and the writers have come up with and let them reveal it in their way. Yeah, you know, it comes, like, I think about when you give someone a birthday present. You know, nobody likes a good guesser. Uh, nobody likes a bad guesser either. If you guess wrong, then if the person didn't get you that, maybe they think, well, maybe they sh- would want that instead, or maybe they won't like what I got them. But then if you guess correctly, you've ruined the surprise. Right, so just don't guess. <laughs> now, of course, people are going to speculate and theorize, and I expect that to happen. I'm doing my own speculation and theorizing. Like, of course, yeah. Why, why is this in color? What is this, you know, right. going on? I'm, I'm not going to go on to Reddit or some other internet forum and try to say, okay, let's dig into this and let's get it, let's solve the puzzle. There's no prize for being right to me. There's only, oh, well, that's over with. You know, if somebody told me what happens at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2, I would have been excited for a minute, but it really would have let down any other surprise that would have been achieved just by watching it and waiting. Right. You know, there is a certain joy and that comes from being surprised. Things get spoiled so easily now on the internet. People just love to find out the answers to things and then spoil them. But it's so rare to be surprised anymore in a lot of ways that I actually enjoy that being surprised. Maybe that's one of the reasons I don't really watch a lot of trailers sometimes because I want to wait and see it going in cold. Uh, Like, okay, I know there's a Batman movie coming up. There's trailers out for it. Do I need to see a trailer for a Batman movie? Not really. I'm going to see Batman because it says Batman. That's really the only criteria. You had me at hello, uh, you know, the Jerry Maguire's, uh, you know, to coin that phrase. Right, yeah, so, yeah, no no trailer necessary. I know there's been movies in the past where, I, you know, I've just had to, felt like, you know, running away when a trailer starts. Turn the channel, you know, I don't want to see that. So, uh, yeah, but looking forward to seeing how that series evolves. I don't really know how many episodes there are. Six, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I see, I don't even know that much. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, we'll find out. And whether they're going to drop two every week or they just did two at the beginning just to get people excited, which clearly worked, I don't know. We'll find out. But, yeah, I would recommend that show. It's interesting. Yeah, Disney Plus has a lot of good uh, programming on it. If you haven't seen The Mandalorian, of course, you need to stop listening to this and watch that, and then you can come back. And, right. Oh, that's bed more and Broomsticks. It's more interesting than anything we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, Bed and Broomsticks, all the Disney classics <laughs> are on there. You know, some people may not consider that a classic. But, I know, I'm just cheating. But, but, but hey, uh, you know, there's a lot of good shows out there, and there's more coming from Marvel. There's going to be, what, a Loki show, um, mm-hmm. one with... Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yep, and is the Wasp or Ant-Man? Am I, I'm, maybe, I, know I, of. I don't think so. I think that's, I think uh, you dream uh, that that's one. fake news right there. Uh, but the, anyway, there's, there's more stuff coming. And not to count all the Star Wars stuff they have. So, Right, right. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I would recommend that one over WW84. Yeah, all right. Well, let's transition to talking about some snacks. Yeah, we, we have a couple of things to try here. We have a savory and a sweet. All right, well, what's the savory? Because I think you found this one. Uh, so I'll let you talk about it. Well, you know. Thanks, I guess, for the credit. Um, <laughs> so this is, uh, you know, I like corn nuts. Corn nuts is, are a good snack. I think they changed the, the flavoring several years ago, particularly for barbecue. 
and I haven't quite forgiven them for that because I think they were better before, but I well, digress. Yeah. Barbecue corn nuts used to be the go-to. Now, the only problem with corn nuts is they are very aromatic. So, like, if you're riding in a car with someone and they're eating corn nuts, you know that somebody in that car is eating corn nuts. Yeah, they, they tr- the, <laughs> the smell really has a good throw. It carries well. <laughs> yeah, combos kind of have that same problem. That's true. I guess a lot of snacks, funions and stuff. Uh, but anyway, this is a... a Similar brand. It's from Corn Nuts, but it's Corn Nuts Crunch Mix. Now, I'm not a huge fan of snack mixes, mainly because usually when you see a snack mix, there's inevitably some nut included that I can't eat. Right, right. Because I got a tree nut allergy. But the fine people at Corn Nuts must sympathize with me. Or maybe nuts are too expensive and they're trying to keep the cost low. Either way. I think it's their desire to make sure everything in this Crunch mix is corn-based. It could be because, indeed, everything in this is corn-based. You have, this is a crunch mix. It's buffalo ranch flavor, which I think is a good mix. You got buffalo and ranch. I, they might compete. They might, I don't know, meld well. I haven't tasted them, so I can't really tell you either way. Right. So there's corn nuts, but there's also corn chips and corn sticks and corn puffs. So I, I imagine the corn puffs are going to taste like corn nuts, only, of course, puffier. And the corn sticks, I really don't know what's going to... Maybe just like corn puff by a different shape. I think, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, when you think of I'm like a, the corn stick. It's really a lot, lot thinner than I thought it was going to be. Right. I, I'm guessing the corn puffs are going to be kind of like a cheese puff, yeah. but, but corn-based. And then the corn... The corn well, chip. The corn the chip corn looks like a Dorito. Yeah. And a corn nut's a corn nut. A corn nut, you can't really mess that up. That's no. just, you know, that's their number one seller. It's not Corn Puffs brand. It's right. Corn Nuts brand. So if I'm going to try these, do I try these by putting them all in my mouth and chewing, or do I try them individually? I feel like I have to try them individually because I want to see what the difference is. Yeah, the, now the flavor is going to be the same. The only really difference that you're going to experience, I think, is texture. Well, we'll find that out. <laughs> I'm going to try the stick now. Okay, you can try the stick. Let us know what you think about that stick. Okay, that's what they're going for. I do get a lot of heat from the buffalo. And there is the ranch there. Kind of bland. Yeah, not as much flavor as I was hoping for. I'm going to try the puff. The puff will be much softer. It's puffy. Yeah, it is definitely softer. And you're all right, the flavor is the same. I feel like the flavor sticks to the puff more, I guess. How about the chip? That's That's going to be crunchy and like a corn chip. Yeah, you know... My complaint about that is it almost tastes stale. Yeah, I'd say that's similar to all these. They taste, and this is new on the packaging. Oh it's yeah, been I'm sure it is. Sealed. It's Best by March, so we're fine. Right. I don't know why, but it does. How about the nut? Tastes stale. The corn nut. The corn nut's going to be crunchy, no doubt. See now, this is the problem that I see already. I really like the corn nut. I do too. And now when I have this, I'm going to, you know, of course, probably eat this whole bag later, but I'm going to wish that everything I'm eating was a corn nut. Yeah. Everything else that's not a corn nut kind of disappoints. Right. So if you saw their new Buffalo Ranch corn nuts, I'd be much more excited than new Buffalo Ranch corn nuts crunch mix. Right. There's another flavor out there. I don't recall what it is. I think it's like a nacho cheesy type flavor. I'm not positive. I guess you could look that up and see. Yeah, Check I'm it out on the interwebs. 
Right. Yeah, I know it's it's on here, but the back of the packaging says bringing crunch and flavor to corn snacking in a way only corn nuts can. And of course, you can follow them on Twitter at corn nuts, and it's spelled just like it sounds, of course. Yeah. So there's two more flavors that I oh, see. Oh wow, two more. There's flavors. a fiery hot and a chili lime. Hmm. Chili lime seems like a lot of snacks I want to chili it's, lime. It's overdone. That's a very overdone flavor. It's like the uh, salted caramel of the savory world. <laughs> enough, enough chili lime. Yeah, maybe just chili. How about just chili? That would be fine. Yeah, something, anything. Mix it up. All right, well, I need a palate cleanser, so I need a dessert. Do we yeah. have a dessert to try? I we, think we, we do. We do. Yeah, tell us about these. Okay, so these are the, uh, Oreo Limited Edition Brookie-O. Brookie, like cookie with a B-R at the beginning. Brookie-O, like Oreo. Brookie, like brownie. Ookie, like cookie. <laughs> and O, like Oreo. So what this Oreo is, it's like it has the regular chocolate wafers for the cookie part. And inside the dough, you actually have three layers. You have a brownie, then you have the original cream from an Oreo layer, and then you have a cookie dough layer. So yeah, all with a chocolate cookie. So it's a triple-layered cream. So these might be a little bit thicker at least I hope they are, than uh, regular Oreos. I like a lot of cream on my Oreo. I like the, you know, double stuff. Let's start there. And then the most stuff or mega stuff, I'm fine with those too. Maybe not a lot in one setting, but it's a, it's a better ratio than just a bland original Oreo. Okay, so I'm performing a little bit of surgery on this cookie here. And it looks like um, the layers are pretty much even. Maybe a little more cream than brownie or cookie dough, but I do see three distinct uh, layers of the cream. Um, and then, of course, the Oreo cookie. How can you go wrong with just the, the cookie on the, uh, the ends? It's a great cookie, but I think it needs the stuff to, to work. Now, I don't know, just going in before I eat this, prediction, I think the flavors might get muddled. I'm predicting that brownie is going to overwhelm everything. Because it's just going to be a very chocolatey flavor. And for my palate, chocolate just takes over. All right. Well, let's try, let's try this out here. Mmm. So, it's definitely um, crunchy. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of brownie. Yeah. Yep. More brownie than anything. Well, I got some cookie dough now. So, there is definitely a mix going on here. Let me just... Uh, Go for some yeah, of the cream. Yeah, I do, I do taste cookie dough now in, in that defense. It's, it's a very good cookie. I think this is a, one of the... The Oreo has done a very good job over the past several years with their special flavors. Clearly, a lot of work went into it. And uh, I think this is another winner from them. Yeah, it's a really good mix. The, uh, the, you get a really good cookie dough flavor. It's really strong. And when you have just... Especially when I had just some with just the cream... The cookie dough flavor was, like, really good and strong in there. So I would recommend it for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Gold Star. There's a couple other flavors out right now to be on the lookout for. One is a, um, a chocolate hazelnut flavor, which, you know, more power to y'all. I can't have it because it has hazelnuts in it. But also there is a, um, a Java chip, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's another one to look for. A couple other fast food items to keep you aware of. Uh, Sonic is teaming up with 
Slim Jim. Um, what? Yeah. Sonic the um, the restaurant. Team up with Slim Jim. Not the Hedgehog. So you know they have the monster size? Yeah. Uh, yes, Slim yes, Jim's? yes. Okay. Yeah, I think Richard Harvey after dark tried one of those. Okay, well, they have a new flavor now. Sonic Chili Cheese Coney flavored Slim Jims. Oh, my. So if you like chili cheese hot dogs from Sonic, you can now get a monster size Slim Jim of that flavor. Uh, so okay, so it's not at Sonic. It's at like no, no. Okay, it's I was a meat stick. It's uh, you know two ounces. Okay, uh, and it tastes like Sonic chili cheese conies. Okay, that that's a little better. I had this terrible mental picture of a Sonic hot dog with a a Slim Jim for for where the standing in for the hot dog. <laughs> oh no 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 no, that would be terrible. Like this, a really huge one. This will be less terrible, but it'll still be pretty terrible. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I would. I like Slim Jims. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but. Uh, also, uh, Ch- uh, Cheetos, Frito-Lay, is putting out a Cheetos Crunch Pop mix. Oh. And it looks like it's... Uh, what do you mean Crunch Pop? Like Pop well, Rocks or soda? No, you get uh, Cheetos Crunchy and Cheetos Popcorn in the same bag. Oh, Popcorn. Okay, that makes so a lot more you sense. you got Popcorn, but also Cheetos oh. in the bag. So some bites will have Popcorn, some will have just regular Cheetos. Crunch pop mix. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I'd try it. Yeah, I got some snack news too. Um, so the post of bringing out some cocoa pebble and fruity pebble crisps, which are kind of like they look like cookies, but okay. they're flavored like the cereals. Okay, well that would be cool. Yeah, I think that might be a good on the go flavor. Um, Smart food popcorn is coming out with a flavor crispy cream glazed donut. Oh, that sounds good. I know there's a snickerdoodle flavor right now. Which maybe maybe we'll try next week if I remember. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet, but I'm sure it would be decent. Um, I think uh, that's about all I have right now. I just have one more. Um, if you're a fan of fast food chicken sandwiches, uh, by the end of February you'll have two new ones to look out for. Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken is debuting a new KFC chicken sandwich that's going to be. Uh, nationwide rollout complete uh, by February of 2021. It was actually test marketed in Orlando last year, and they're rolling it out uh, worldwide. It's supposed to be an improved bun versus their previous version, which was known as the Crispy Kernel, if you don't remember. Um, That's right. It's supposed to have a larger chicken filet, 20% more of chicken filet without an increase in price, and better pickles as well. So um, that'll be coming out. It's, I think it's still going to be called the Crispy Kernel, um, but it's supposed to be out by the end of February. And not to be outdone, McDonald's is coming out with a new crispy chicken sandwich on February 24th, 2021. Supposed to be a nationwide rollout at the same time. They're joining the new chicken sandwich club. And <laughs> how does this sound? Does this sound familiar? It's a new fried whimey chicken filet. It's got just crispy, juicy, and tender. And it's going to be a, a toasted and buttered potato bun. Okay. Which, uh, when you think of t- t- uh, potato bun, you think of Shake Shack, among other fast food chains. Yes. Um, and it's going to come in three varieties. The original one is come topped with crinkle cut pickles. <laughs> wow. Hmm. <laughs> Very familiar. It's also going to be a spicy one, uh, which is going to have a spicy pepper sauce, and a deluxe one, which is going to come with shredded lettuce, Roman tomatoes, and mayo. Um, yeah, well, I'm, of course I'll try it, but I think they're trying too hard. Yeah, they're definitely taking game at Chick-fil-A here. 
Uh, Look, they've done this before. They've come out with a... Yeah, the Southern Star Chicken Sandwich. Right. And it was, you know, just okay. It was good, but it wasn't Chick-fil-A, which is, seems to be everyone's problem. <laughs> That's the entire point, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, Dots is also coming out with cheese curls. Dots of Dots uh, pretzel fame. Oh, Dots pretzels. Are coming out with cheese curls. Oh, that's good. Now, if you've ever had a Dr. Pretzel, you, you've been treat, in for a treat. Um, so if you haven't had those, try those. I would definitely be look, interested in trying those cheese curls out. Yes. And I don't know if this is new or not, but Kellogg's, is their breakfast essentials, milk, they're uh-huh. coming out with the Crave, Golden Grahams, and Fruit Loops flavors. Oh, well, I would, I would try those for sure. I guess that's for the cereal milk people. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a story for another day. Well, crypto is scratching at the door, so I think it's time to wrap up. But we appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, we, you are our bestest uh, friends if you've heard this. And, you know, maybe share with other people so they can enjoy all this quality goodness of us droning on about movies that have been out and uh, snack news. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to hear, you know, our unasked for opinions about food and, and television and media? <laughs> That's right. Uh, but, hey, if you... Want to follow us? You can go to Twitter and uh, search for at uh, Pack Bros Podcast, P A C K B R O S Podcast. Or you can go to Facebook.com slash Pack Bros Podcast. Or you can go to Pack Bros Podcast.com. It's our website. And uh, I think there's also an email. You can reach out to us, Pack Bros Podcast at gmail.com. Yep, all ways you can reach out and, and touch us and let us know what you think about this or what we got right, what we got wrong, what you want to hear more about, what you want to hear less of. Yeah, we are open for suggestions. Yep. All right. So uh, once again, thanks for listening, and we'll try to do this again in a week or two. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.